Of course, the crowd wants Reed to go for it. Wouldn't be surprised if he did on fourth down and one. So, anyways, with that, time jerks. Welcome to fourth and one. I'm Todd Palmer, joined by Nick Jacobs. And uh, disappointing day at Arrowhead. Uh, there's no way around that. The Chiefs lose in overtime 27-24 against the Cincinnati Bengals and won't be going to a third straight Super Bowl. Uh, Nick, but what struck me about that game, man, was it was it felt in a, almost every way, every significant way, like a repeat of the week 17 loss. I mean, there obviously the details change, um, you know, and, and the Chiefs did a better job on Jamar Chase, but the ebb and flow of that game was almost identical. Um, so just I mean. When the Chiefs got up 21 to three, were, were you feeling confident that they were rolling or, or did you have week 17 and, you know, the 2017 wild card game in your mind? Um, until I saw them, until they got up to 35, I didn't feel like they were going to beat the magical number because that's what it was going to take last time. <clears throat> so I was curious to see if they could, um, if they could get that touchdown in there towards the end and kind of get that pushed up to 28 at that point. And I'm like, okay, get a touchdown after halftime. And then, you know, I think, I think you're in business up, you know, up at that point, but instead, you know, they gave up that screen pass for a touchdown and then, you know, they couldn't get up to the 28, 10 at that point. And I was like, okay, well, they better score after halftime or in the next couple of drives. And then they didn't. And I'm like, yeah, they're playing with fire now. And then, uh, and then they got burned again and again and again. Yeah. And look, I mean, week 17, if you don't remember chiefs raced out to a big lead, um, Bengals scored late in the first half. Um, the Chiefs, you know, ha, re, you know, Byron Pringle had that kickoff return for a touchdown call back, similar to the Chiefs botching the play uh, from the one-yard line and not scoring like you were talking about. Then the second half, the offense bogged down until its last drive when it managed to get a field goal. Uh, meanwhile, Cincinnati slowly came back. And, of course, that time they never got the ball back, but the Chiefs again – yeah, they couldn't punch it in. They managed to get to overtime, but even winning the coin toss didn't save them this time around. But I, I really feel like I don't think they lost the game on the final play of the first half, but they had a chance. I'm with you. I think they had a chance there to win it. Um, and when they didn't take advantage, it set the stage for everything that followed. And look, Andy Reid, you know, said he should have called a better play call. Patrick Mahomes said when his first read wasn't there, he should have thrown it away. In fact, he said that's what the, he was supposed to do. Uh, he took a chance flipping it out to Tyreek Hill, but there were two guys there. Eli Apple makes a tackle, and then you know the rest is history in the second half when when the offense couldn't get on track. Which, which is a bigger issue for you that the offense's struggles throughout that half um, with a couple punt or you know four punts and a and an interception before the field goal, or you know that kind of disaster of a play call there at the end. Um, look, I mean, every problem that they had throughout the year that we've talked about on the podcast reared its ugly head in this playoff game. And it, it reared its ugly head in some other playoff games, like, you know, at different points, but this was the point where it kind of all came together and, and caused problems that kept the chiefs from staying on track. And I know people, I know people in mentions keep trying to blame this on Patrick. Dude, this isn't on Patrick. Let's put something perfectly clear right now, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. You're not even in this position if Patrick Mahomes isn't here. Plain and simple. You're not going to four AFC championships. You're not even dreaming about Super Bowls. You're certainly not winning a Super Bowl 
and you wouldn't have gone to two consecutive Super Bowls and again, four AFC championships if 15's not there on the roster. Did he have some growing pains throughout the year? Yeah, he did, and he learned from all of them. And today was a tough day, but guess what? There's a lot of roster deficiencies on this football team. Pass rush, non-existent. Speed in the secondary, not very good. They are at the bare bottom with the safety ability that they have right now for what they need for this scheme. And then on top of it, you have problems at the tackle position, had them all year, and then it rattled Patrick a couple times when he got hit because Orlando Brown got beat on the corner and then occasionally gave up on, on some of his blocks. That happens. Orlando's done it all year. Orlando can't knock people off the ball, and he gives up the corner. Like, I mean, there's things about Orlando that are flaws, and there's a reason the Ravens were willing to trade him to Kansas City, and you constantly see those throughout the season, no matter who keeps going in my mentions and saying he's playing better. Yeah, no, he's playing better. But there was only one place to go, and that was up. So good job on that one. But look, and, and then receiver-wise, I mean, at the end of the day, it's literally Tyreek and Kelsey. Like, you know, if they can't create or if defenses take them away and Pat can't move around to try to get people in, you know, in good positions, like to, you know, or they get wide open and he can chuck it to them. I mean, that's kind of what this offense gets to be at times. So with all that said, the, the frustrating thing that they had available to them that they didn't take advantage of is the Bengals defensive line is wearing down with the way the Chiefs are running the football. Yeah, like I mean, it, it, they were gassed, and they even said it in the post game uh, pressers how tired they were there in the fourth quarter because the way the Chiefs were running the ball, and the Chiefs got away from it in the second half. So that's another one of those things that hey, I mean, you're gonna think about all off season, you're gonna look at, you're gonna point out, but I mean, what disappointed me more than anything else is, man, that pass rush, dude. Like I mean, when you have a scheme that's based on having a good pass rush and having you know quality safeties and having corners that understand how to pattern match and and reverse and being able to play man and zone and do all that. And they can't do that because the two point conversion on that pattern match there, um, yeah, th that's what the Bengals like to do. And the chargers do it too. And the Steelers did it to them. And that's where the teams kind of took it from, from time to time is when the Steelers did it to where they have a, they have the guys stacked and then they have it look like they're crossing routes. So then the guys have to switch responsibilities and then they, mess with them that way. And so that's how Sorensen got messed on that out route because the Taylor took a step in and then boom, went back out. And then that's, that's why he was wide open is because that's what the pattern matching concept is. And athletically he's not able to overcompensate for when an error like that happens. So there's a lot that coaching staff is going to have to evaluate. There's a lot of Brett Veach in that front office is going to have to evaluate while they're at the East West shrine bowl this week and at the senior bowl and all that type of stuff. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot that, that the Chiefs are going to have to fix because guess what? The Bengals showed them that they're there roster-wise. The The Chargers showed that they're going to be there roster-wise. There's some stuff they got to do here and there along that offensive line and along that pass rush that's going to cause some problems. And then the Bills are right there too. So if the Chiefs have the decision to make this offseason, do you want to make your roster better so that you can compete with those three? Or are you going to start playing second fiddle to one of those three football teams? Ran complete. <laughs> Yeah, well, and look, I, I mean, I will say, and Patrick even admitted that um, he could have done a better job continuing to take the check down, um, that that he missed a few reads, and um, he got a little, you know, he, he said he was greedy on the, the throw to Tyreek at the end of the first half, and he continued to be greedy in the second half, um, you know, trying to hit some deeper shots instead of taking some of the underneath stuff, but you know, your point stands. I mean, the, you know, the chiefs aren't in this position without Mahomes. They, they wouldn't have been 12 and five and hosting this game without Mahomes. And, and 
you know, like blowing the lead, you know, was bad. Um, but I, look, I, I was also confused, like with the, the running back usage at times. I mean, Jarek McKinnon seemed to be rolling and then they just inexplicably gave some drives to Clyde Edwards Hilaire and, and, you know, Clyde, like you said, Clyde's deficiencies continue to be what his deficiencies are, but uh, you know, I agree. I mean, I, I think a lot of this game has to go to the pass rush. I mean, Officially, the Chiefs had four quarterback hits because since since Joe Burrow scrambled and ran for the ball and it wasn't a pass attempt, Chris Jones doesn't get credited with the quarterback hit for when he blew the sack um, on a key third and six there in the fourth quarter. Uh, Frank, we said it. Go go check the receipts on the podcast. We said Frank Clark and Chris Jones especially have got to show up. They're the guys getting paid money. This is a team that just gave up nine sacks and thirteen quarterback hits. You can get to Joe Burrow. If the Chiefs do that, they'll win. Chris Jones and and Frank Clark didn't have a single quarterback hit between them. Chris Jones doesn't have a single sack in his entire postseason career, which is 11 or 12 games at this point. Melvin Ingram made one one play, uh, you know, one sack, one batted, you know, batted pass, but he was absent most of the game. Jerron Reed did his disappearing act in the game as well. The only other guys who got quarterback hits, Ingram had two, and then Mike Dana and Derek Nottie had the only other two quarterback hits. It's just the pass rush didn't do its job, point blank. And and the Bengals gave them every opportunity. I mean, they were running right up the gut, getting stuffed on first down. They were in position constantly where the pass rush could have overrun Joe Burrow, and they didn't do it. And and that that's a problem. I fully expect that that's going to be one of the top priorities um, is addressing that pass rush in the off season. But, you know, like you said, the things that were glaring bit them, um, you know, this, in this game, it all kind of came to a head, um, you know, and, and now the chiefs are going home. So. Yeah. <clears throat> and in some ways, like what I'm here, here's the first and foremost thing you and I both got to see a chief super bowl in our lifetime. So that's why I'm not, that's why I'm not depressed right now. Right. And, and, and and they played in another, and they and they lost two AFC Championship games in overtime. So let's not pretend like this hasn't been the greatest four year stretch in Chiefs history. This is this right now is one of the golden eras with Andy Reid with Andy Reid at the helm. You know, I mean, like if they win another Super Bowl b- before you know before whatever may happen, um, like I mean, you know, like that that's this stretch is like going to be uh, it's going to be better than Strands. And it's definitely already better than Marty's. So, I mean, you know, but I mean, the other, so, I mean, that's, that's why I'm, I, I, I remember where this team was. I remember where they were whenever I was covering them day in and day out. And here's something I want to say about this. This is kind of, even for probably for some, uh, for specifically me, media member wise, I, I can't speak for others, but like, this is always kind of the bummer part because you get used to a certain routine of covering that football team. You know, this is what you're doing Monday. This is Tuesday. This is Wednesday. This is Thursday. This is Friday. This is the routine. And you get used to that routine and then it just abruptly stops, you know? And and like, I know that, you know, normally you can brace for it if the team's out of the playoffs and you're like mentally preparing yourself, but like it just abruptly stops in that regard. And like, that's just like, like Andy and them say, there's a certain finality to it. And then, like, you kind of think about it, and you're like, oh, man. So, I mean, you know, from covering perspective, like, man, you got to go through OTAs again, <laughs> covering that, and you're going to be covering training camp on all those days, and then you got to work back up to that mountaintop. So, I mean, it's not the same as what the players put into it, but at the same time, 
you know, you're still going. You're, you're, it, it's just weird because, like, you you know, we get used to that routine. So to have that cycle disrupted now for a while and to get out of that routine is going to be, you know, it's going to be weird for a while. And I, I'm kind of curious to see, um, you know, what I – the thing that I hope comes from this is – I hope it gave some of those guys a reality check that this isn't easy. It isn't just easy, you know, just to have 15 show up and try to, and try to, you know, carry the team. Like it's it, that, that can't happen every single time. Like he can't be Superman all the time. Sometimes he needs help and like, he need, you know, he needs other guys to step up. So I'm hoping that this kind of helps some of those guys understand that like, look, like you got to do better and you can't rely on 15 to do everything for you. And, and just be Superman all the time. So I'm hoping that those guys will understand that, like, you know, it takes a ton of work and some luck, and it's got to take the right chemistry to be able to put that all together. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this loss is going to hurt more um, than than the, the previous two postseason losses. I, I mean – you lose in overtime after playing an awful first half against Tom Brady and the Patriots. You know, you, you kind of chalk it up, right? It's your first experience in that situation with a rookie. You know, he wasn't a rookie, but his first-year starter quarterback. You, you know, a lot of people, you know, you feel like the Chiefs kind of overachieved that year when he won his MVP. Then you then you reach the mountaintop. Last year, with, with the way things went down with the offensive line, I think, even the Chiefs, you know, with the off-the-field stuff and then Fisher being out, that that ended up being a fairly predictable outcome in the Super Bowl, especially with Tampa getting to be at home. I mean, I don't, I don't think you or I were shocked, you know, that the Tampa Bay defensive line handled the Chiefs the way that they did, and that turned into an uncompetitive game. This one feels different, right? Like, this is the first time that, like, Patrick Mahomes has gotten beat by the same team twice. And it was the same formula both times. It wasn't like the Bengals came out and did something dramatically different, you know, or, or, you know, there weren't a lot of penalties that, that the Bengals got lucky this time. Um, the, you know, the Bengals came out and, and, and stole the chief's lunch money, you know, you know, took the cookie, took their cookies and told them to go home. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that, that, that the chiefs are going to, you know, Look, I know that, that Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Patrick Mahomes, those guys are going to be motivated. And I think that they're going to want, they're going to demand that there's, you know, that there's a roster that, that reflects that. And I think that you're going to see more turnover this year to the extent that you can, um, you know, over the course of a season. I think you'll probably see more roster turnover this year than we've seen the last couple of years um, and probably to the Chiefs' benefit. Yeah. The, I hate to say it this way, and I, it's not meant to be disrespectful, but. Or they need they need an infusion of some new blood on this football team and, and enough balance of veterans that can lead you there and hungry players that want to get to that point. And I just don't I, I just see a team sometimes on on, on on a roster on sometimes that just we're satisfied with just being you know just being there, being present in that in that moment in that time and kind of hoping fifteen kind of hey they'll, they'll hopefully he'll make the difference for it and he'll lead us through it and you know it just you know, I mean, look, I mean, the defense got, let's, let's put a blonde, the defense got torched like past two weeks. Like, I mean, that's their, yeah. their struggles of safety, their struggles in the past rush. I mean, it, it showed up mightily. And then, and then the questionable athletic ability in some spots at corner, like really got isolated and kind of got torched. And then for the Bengals today, like the, the biggest things were 
um, the screen passes when they thought the Chiefs were going to be blitzing or bringing certain rushes and dropping back into zones or potential mans, depending on what they were doing. The Bengals ran a lot of screens, and that was on purpose. And then Joe Burrow, like the Chiefs, left him a lot of escape hatches for him to get out of and for him to convert almost half the first downs that were available or, or third downs that were available and convert them. So, I mean, those those were the big problems on defense that really cost them. And so that's I'm, – I'm very interested to see what's going to happen in defense in the offseason. And I'm curious to see what's going to happen at the receiver position. I mean, there's there's a lot on this roster that the Chiefs genuinely need to attack if they want to be able to keep pace with the Chargers, the Bills, and the Bengals because those teams are closing the gap and the Bengals, you know, the Bengals think that they've closed it. And, you know, so the Chiefs are going to have to have a roster that can combat that because they're going to play them next year, technically in the regular season, and they may play them again in the playoffs next year if they're able to make it. Yeah, I mean, you know, coming out of that Bengals game, I mean, I think you and I both said, you know, hey, I'd love to see the Bengals again in the playoffs. And I felt like if those two teams met, the Chiefs would win seven, eight times out of ten. I really did. Um, you know, we talked about it on the, on the you know, the Twitter spaces uh, on Friday. Like, I would not have been shocked at all if the Chiefs had gotten beat by, by ten points against Buffalo. Um I thought that the Chiefs were a better team than this Bengals team, but look, they're 0 for 2 this year. I mean, you can't really say that. You can't make that argument. I mean, the Bengals, you know, beat them twice. Uh, and I don't think that the Bengals are clearly a superior team. I don't think it's a situation where the Chiefs are going to struggle to compete with the Bengals. But I, I don't think that the Chiefs um, can consider themselves, you know, the unbeatable bully anymore like they have, um, you know, since that 2019 season. Um, you know, that that's been tarnished. Um, uh, absolutely been tarnished because of how, how hard they had to fight to beat the bills. And then the way they lost this one. So um, this will be an interesting off season and not just the players. I mean, we, we've talked going back to training camp last off season about the need to fill some of these roster holes and they weren't able to do it for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, including sometimes guys just sign other places, right. Or they're strapped because of the salary cap. But I think that there's going to be some some changes. I mean, Matt House has obviously already gone from the, the defensive coaching staff. I don't think that the changes to the coaching staff are done yet either. Um, I think you're going to – and I think maybe the coaching staff could use some new blood at some spots, um, you know, just to kind of refresh that. I mean, you know, that's pretty typical. Uh, we've already seen the, the front office with Ryan Poles leaving. It remains to be seen whether he, you know, whether he tries to – bringing the guys with them as he puts that together or, you know, or what happens moving forward. But um, this is a chance to, uh, for them to kind of look in the mirror, assess things. Um, and, and if they assess them honestly, and, and look, I mean, different players have different objectives. Like if you're a player, you've got to attack this off season with passion and, and you know, and you've got to um, decide like, you know, does getting back to a Super Bowl, trying to win another Lombardi, how much does that mean to you? How much are you willing to sacrifice once your body's rest and you're healed up? But I think for the coaching staff, it's it's a bit. I mean, for the front office, it's a business, right? Like they've got to decide how cold and calculating and ruthless they're going to be when it comes to some of these player evaluations. Because I know there's there's some guys that they like and they're good glue guys, they're good personality guys, but if they can't get the job done it may be time to move on and bring in somebody else who can. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like how just, you know, brutal these, you know, 
these sides get when it comes to um, getting honest with themselves and making the decisions that they need to make as individuals and collectively, uh, if they want to try to have another AFC, you know, uh, another AFC championship game at home next year and, and put themselves in a position to get, you know, get back to that Super Bowl. Well, and one of the one of the parts that people need to start realizing, this is where I'm saying the roster build, this is a massive, massive offseason for them to try to be able to kind of stay in the in the position and contention that they want is because the, the reality is Tyreek's going to be 28 in March, you know, Kelsey's 32, he's going to be 33 in October. And I mean, you know, those are your two clutch guys, but outside of them on that offense, you don't know who the clutch guys are and you got to start finding and developing some other clutch guys that not only help them out, but also potentially be heir apparents down the road here. So that's the other part of it. if you want to keep that window open for a significant amount of time. So, I mean, you know, it, it's, I don't know. I, I think what, what irritated me about the, the Bengals game last time and this time is just in the second half from an offense perspective, it just seemed like they, they didn't have answers. Like they, it just seems like they, they didn't know where to pivot or where to adjust at times and how to, and how to kind of keep that mojo going, or they didn't have some new stuff to be able to throw at them. So I mean, part of that was coaching in both those games that caused some of their struggles. So, I mean, that's that in the larger one, that's kind of something that I'm, I mean, if there are changes on the coaching staff, I'm not going to be upset about it because the there's, you know, I mean, the Bengals uh, took care of that a couple times now. Yeah. Um, and, and look, they're going to have, I mean, presumably the chiefs who are going to pick 30th um, in the draft will, uh, we'll have a you know a first round pick this year, and they'll have a chance to 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 add you know to to get a top tier talent to address at least one of those needs, right? Um, you know, I mean, <laughs> but there there's there's a lot of look. This can be said of every team. Every team has glaring holes that are going to need to be addressed uh, in the off season. You know, um, and they're different than the Chiefs, obviously, but but they're you know it, it is what it is. Um, I, I just, as far as that game, um, do you think, I mean, we saw Josh Allen, you know, we see Justin Herbert a lot. We see Joe Burrow. Do you, do you see Burrow? You know, I mean, Burrow, Josh Allen, are those the two biggest threats? I mean, Herbert's got to get a team to the playoffs before I think we, he can be anointed, but who do you see as, as the, the guy moving forward? I mean, if, you know, if Burrow gets a, a, uh, Super Bowl in his second season. I mean, he, you know, he's got a pedigree that suggests that he could be a bigger problem, you know, moving forward. Yeah. I mean, it's funny because the chargers and Bengals are both in the same boat where they don't have the, they have a lot of problems along their offensive lines and they both have to fix both of those to be able to kind of really, really be teams that are going to kind of go the distance in divisional and conference championship rounds. So both of those teams are going to have to, they're, they're going to need to address those in the off season and write those. And if they do, those quarterbacks are going to be slinging it all over the place next year and cause a lot of problems. And for Josh Allen, I mean, look, I mean, he's got the squad. It's just a matter of with Brian Dable leaving and potentially if Ken Dorsey leaves and we'll see what happens with Leslie Frazier, it'll be interesting to see from a coaching staff perspective, what may happen in Buffalo. And if that causes some regression for Allen, or if they're able to kind of keep humming on offense the way that they were. So that 
you know, that that's kind of where I have a little bit of pause in that regard. But I mean, if you're, if you think the bills are going to stay where they're at or get a little bit better than, I mean, yeah, all three of those teams are going to be in contention. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, this roster this year, like the chiefs are going to have to really add a lot of, a lot of quality talent, a lot of speed, a lot of attitude to this football team to get to where they want to continue to go and be able to keep this window open. And look, I mean, I, I think as long as Patrick Mahomes is the Chiefs quarterback um, and is healthy and playing at a high level, the window is going to be open to a degree, um, you know. But, um, you know, if the Chiefs had gotten back to the Super Bowl this year and, and beaten the Rams, um, I, I think at that point you could, you know, you start, start talking about them as one of the, you know, the NFL's rare dynasties, right? Um, they got a long way to go to catch the Patriots, but, um, you know, they, they start entering that conversation, um, with the, the Steelers of the seventies, the dolphins of the seventies, the Cowboys of the nineties, you know, I mean, you start talking about them in that way. What, what ultimately, I mean, obviously that, that window is closed in terms of that talk, at least for now, but what's your takeaway from the season? Because on the flip side, as disappointing as it is to lose to the Bengals in the AFC championship game. You know, this is a team that was three and four at one point. This is a team that was lost in the woods. This is a team that, even though they beat the Packers and the Cowboys, their offense was struggling um, in the middle of the season. And then when they needed to, they figured some things out. And yeah, they kind of spit the bit in that Bengals game, and and you know didn't get the the first round by. You know, they conceded that to the Titans in the end. You know, but they still hosted the AFC Championship game. I mean, if this is going to be a bad year with Patrick Mahomes. I think the Chiefs are still in pretty darn good shape moving forward. Yeah, I just think they have more they have more contention for the crown that they thought was theirs. Sure. Like some serious contention for the crown that they thought was theirs. And like you said, we'll see if the Bengals can go out and win the Super Bowl. Because then now that ups the ante between Burrow and, and Mahomes, especially like I said, if the Bengals are able to get offensive line help and kind of turn that into something, then that, you know, that's gonna be that's gonna be a big problem for the Chiefs. So I mean Look, I mean, another portion of it that I kind of, I just, I, I'm curious to see the coaches film and kind of see the coverages are running and what the routes the Chiefs were running there in the first half and why they're working versus what was going on in the second half there because TV doesn't give you, broadcast doesn't give you, you know, it only gives you like a third of the picture of what you really need to see most of the time unless they give you a, a high wide shot or some good replays to be able to piece it all together like a puzzle. But I know another thing is like, man, I, I'm going to tell you, and I posted the video, but dude, early on in the fourth quarter there, um, when Patrick's running around there in that third and three, and they they essentially make a Patrick Mahomes sandwich like they did in the Saints game the year earlier. The thing that a lot of people didn't pay attention to right there is like he took a he took a shot to the side of the head from Trey, you know, Trey Hendrickson. Like, I mean, and I I just didn't feel like he was ever the same after that. I know he was rattled a couple times before because Orlando was starting to get beat on the corner there. But I felt like then he, it just, I don't know, it just it seemed like he was off after that. And then, you know, and then that final OT drive when he lofted the first pass and that didn't, that was uncharacteristic. I understand that there was somebody in the throwing lane there, but that, that one seemed uncharacteristic. And then when he was behind on Robinson, even though it was a slant and everything, and Robinson may not be looking, I mean, he's just, he was still behind, you know, it still looked a little bit behind on that pass. And then he finally just, chalked it up to Tyreek and said, Hey, it's worked before. We're going to try it one more time and see if we can make a miracle happen. And, 
you know, it, it didn't at that point. I know he was bummed on that. And so it just, I mean, you know, it just so, so much of, so much of today's play, like you said, reminded me of earlier in the season when they were struggling and like, they just, they just, it kept sneaking out at times. You just kept seeing those, those issues, like those, those bad habits they had that they had, not just Patrick, but the football team in general, they just, they just kept sneaking out. And there's times where I just, I would just get infuriated watching the game and watching some of those guys quit on plays, man. Like you're like this, this game decides if you go to Super Bowl. like the, the thing you've been chasing your entire life. And like some of you guys just are, are loafing it on plays there. Like that just, I, I just, I, that's why I'm saying, man, like, I mean, that's why there's going to have to be some changes on that roster. Cause some people clearly don't want it and they show it by when they stop on the plays, while well, it's still going on. And so, I mean, that, that doesn't need to be on the team if that's going to be the case. So, I mean, you know, and that's, that's the bigger thing, the Travis Kelsey's Tyreek Hills and, and Patrick Mahomes of the world, they'll play through, you know, aches and pains. They'll play through stuff. They'll battle through adversity, but there's other guys on that team that just aren't willing to go to that level. And it shows on coaches film. And that's what, that's, that's just what irritates me. I think I can predict a couple of those guys you're talking about. And, oh, they'll be in, they'll be in articles coming out on ksc.com over the next couple of weeks. Some of them are still on rookie deals, so they're going to be back either way. I think, um, you know, or, or likely to be back. I, I yeah, I mean, I, the, you know, the, I like I said, I've said it before. The, I think the Bengals are are a very good football team. I I, I still think the Chiefs. We're, we're a better team. And, and that, that to me is, is the frustrating part when you see a team go out and um, you know, I mean, we had seen the last several weeks um, other receivers step up, um, you know, and make plays. Um, and then in the biggest moment today, um, you know, it didn't happen. Um, you know, I mean, meanwhile, Azama goes down, the chiefs do a great job on Jamar chase. So, uh, you know, Taj Boyd steps up and, and has a big game, right? T Higgins. Uh, well, I guess Taj Boyd, he just made a couple Tyler Boyd had a couple, uh, plays early, but, uh, T Higgins, you know, has, has a hundred yard game and, and makes some plays. Um, you know, and you didn't see that other than maybe Jarek McKinnon. You just didn't see anybody else from the chiefs offense say, you know what? Like, we're not going out like this. I'm going to find a way. Right. I mean, you know, McCole Hardman had the one big play, and then, you know, two catches for eight yards outside of that. You know, Byron Pringle was a no-show. Um, you know, Demarcus Robinson was a no-show. Although, you know, I mean, that's been a little bit more typical of the season. But, you know, the guys that 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 needed to to make plays when you know when uh, Travis wasn't open or you know when when they were rolling coverage to Tyreek, uh, it didn't happen. And and we'll see. I'd also I hope that Andy Reid also self-evaluates a little bit. Cause I think that there were other games when Patrick starts pressing a little bit, like he did today, I think there were games where there were opportunities for the chiefs to lean on the run a little bit more and let Patrick Mahomes settle back down. Uh, there are games when they were gashing other teams, you know, between the tackles behind Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey and Joe Tooney. And I think that this was a game where they could have done that again. I mean, they're averaging 5.8 yards a carry and had a hundred, almost 140 yards. And so, you know, I, I hope Andy Reid sees that and says, you know what, this team is different and better at some things than I realized. And maybe there are some times that 
I can take the pressure off Patrick Mahomes when he starts pressing by, by leaning a little bit more on that power run so that he realizes he doesn't have to do it all. Um, you know, and that I think up and down a game like this should open everyone's eyes to the fact that they need to get better. Uh, and, and hopefully like Andy didn't get to this position by not being self-critical and self-aware. So I, I, I think that they have the personnel to, to do that and to stay, um, to stay, um, you know, on the cutting edge to stay relevant, but you know, we got a whole off season to dissect what needs to happen so they can do that. I just know from an offense perspective, there's, there's some stuff they're really going to have to, they're going to need some additional ideas added and to try to be able to stay ahead of defenses because some of the better defenses have a pretty good click on them in some regard. I know that's weird to say just a, just a week after the bills, but Bengals are one of those teams that seem to have the chiefs number and know how to keep them in check. And there's some other teams that are capable of keeping the chiefs in check at times. So, I mean, did really, did you see any, I mean, Andy said that they started playing a little bit more man on second down in the second half, but he didn't really notice anything. And, and, and it doesn't seem like the Bengals did anything dramatically different from the first half to the second half of week 17. I know obviously we haven't had a chance to look at, you know, the all 22, you know, or coaches film from the AFC championship game yet. But I mean, other than spying Patrick Mahomes, some to try to cut down on the times he can, you know, make those second reaction plays. The Bengals are a little bit confusing because they look completely inept in the first half of both of these games, giving up 49 points before halftime in those two, but then they've only given up six combined in the second half and overtime of those two games. So what changes? Is it just a matter of, um, you know, because it's hard to see a lot of adjustments. Does it just come down to the defensive execution? I mean, part of it from what I could notice last time is that the Chiefs in both games at times seemed to want to, and they did it more so in the first half of this game. They they had a certain amount of ball control and trying to kind of, you know, keep the defense on a certain amount of reps or certain amount of snaps and, and, Again, it seemed like they did that a little bit more. They did that in the second half of their last game against them, but this one had had a little bit more in the first half than I was expecting them to have to where they were trying to balance run and pass, but at the same time, they leaned on the run a little bit more. But in the second half there, it just, that team was so out of sync and some of those receivers weren't winning their, weren't winning their, their battles or, you know, and it, it just, it snowballed and snowballed, but I, uh, I did find Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark's press conferences interesting and kind of how emotional Matthew got there at a couple points to where it kind of, you know, I think he's kind of nervous that this may be the end. And you could tell from Frank Clark's responses that he wants to be here, but he knows that it may be the end of the road for him too. So and well, you, you yeah. can kind of tell the way players respond. Like you're like, Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, they have I, a certain vibe about it too. I mean, I, yeah, Ma- Matthew, Matthew acted like a, the the emotion he got made it seem like he he doesn't he feels like he may have played his last game with the Chiefs. Um, and he doesn't and he clearly doesn't want it to be. No, <laughs> and, and look at why would he? I mean, his fiance started a, a business here. You know, his his kids are um, you know just getting into school here. I mean, I'm sure he would love to to put down roots. It's not an opportunity he's had in the NFL. Um, you know, and he's done some good things in the community, and he's been. You know, two-time All-Pro, two-time Pro Bowler. Um, you know, I mean, the the Chiefs um, have 
you know, went to two Super Bowls with him on the roster. I, I understand why he would want to be here. I think he realizes how special um, this organization is right now because he's he's been with the Houston Texans. He's been with the Arizona Cardinals. He knows what a bad organization looks like. Right. Um, and in his, you know, he because he played with them for six years, right? Um, so I, I, I mean, I, I think Tyron Matthew wants to, you know, wants to come back. And look, you know, we talked about the struggles with the safety room. I mean, he's, he's the, the best of the bunch they got there. So if you're bringing any safety back, you need to, the, the problem is going to, it's going to come down to money, right? I mean, I think unless Frank Clark's willing to take a massive pay cut, um, hard to see the chiefs eating, you know, bringing him back on a, you know, $27 million. So I think it's understandable, but he's another guy. He's got kids. Um, you know, Kansas city has become home. I think he's felt a little bit more comfortable here. Um, you know, and, and, um, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, they don't, you know, I mean, obviously they don't want to go out and have to, um, try to try to find a new, new house, new place to live, all that. Um, um, do you have a sense yet what you would do with either one of those guys? I mean, I think everyone's kind of felt like the writing was on the wall with Clark and his contract, even before this season that he was going to have to have a monster year to justify it. And he did not do that. So I, I would, I'm not going to be shocked if he's cut and designated a post June one, unless he's willing to take a huge, huge cut or, you know, pay cut. But what about Matthew? Well, Todd, those are in future podcasts and future articles on KSHB.com because uh, we've got an off season to start planning for, for podcast wise. Can't just give it all away in one pod, Todd. I just, you know, wanted preliminary. I just wanted you to, to give, you know, give the people, uh, you know, a preview, you know, I mean, what you're, you know, if you're leaning one way or another. Oh, I'm definitely leaning one way. <laughs> You'll have to wait and find out what way that is. It looks like, based on the Zoom video, it looks like left. You're leaning left. So whatever that means, you were leaning a little left. <laughs> okay, Todd. <laughs> sounds, sounds good. So, um, all right, I I got I got nothing else. Um, you know, Rams, Bengals, Super Bowl. Who you got in that one? Or, or are we gonna have to wait till another podcast for you to reveal that as well? Yeah, I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, look, at, at the end of the day, I mean, you, you're, you know, there's two fan bases I will root for, their happiness, so that they can kind of be up where Kansas City has been able to be for a little bit. I'm going to root for the Bengals, man. That's a tortured fan base. So I, I hope they're I hope they're able to get that. I'm rooting for Detroit Lions someday to be able to have that joy. I hope they get that someday, you know? <laughs> that, that seems and, much uh, more and, futile. <laughs> I, and, I, and I hope the Buffalo Bills, you know, fan base can kind of get that elusive Super Bowl. Like, I mean, How about the Browns? The Browns? Can I hear the Browns? Maybe someday, but they're going to have to <laughs> wait their turn. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's just like I, I know people that, you know, the position that Chiefs fans are in, and I kind of want that for other franchises at some point so that they can have that joy too and kind of feel like that, the curse has been lifted. Like, you know, you could feel back in 2019 for, for the chiefs. And that's why I'm not look. I mean, am I bummed the season's over and we don't get to talk chiefs every single day or get to do as much. Yeah, no, that's going to be a bummer. But at, in the same regard though, I mean, like I've, I've, I've seen them win a super bowl. So like for me mentally, like it's not devastating to be like, Oh man, I don't know if they're ever going to get back there again. Like, you know, so it'll, uh, you know, I know it's going to, I just, this one for me doesn't sting the way that that 2018 one did. And it doesn't, it doesn't bum me out. Like last year's bummed me out simply because 
you know, uh, because they, they were there and I didn't feel like they ever played up to their potential in that game. And it was frustrating to kind of watch Pat be one of the few guys on that roster that just willed himself as much as he could and ran around, you know, a thousand, a thousand miles. It felt like uh, in the pocket there just to try to create plays with his teammates. So, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's all, you know, it's all unfortunate. It's all frustrating to a certain extent, but you know, at the end of the day, it kind of is what it is in that regard. So look, I mean, you know, it, uh, we'll have more and we can break it down a little bit more after I've seen the all 22 and kind of what each team was doing over, you know, in, in some regards, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I think what's going to shock people the most is how, how different Patrick was from one half to the other. Cause normally you see him struggle at some point and get it together, or just struggle the entire game, but to see him be, you know, on fire and then really struggle in the second half and to have it happen twice against the Bengals. Like that's a, you know, that's something that you're going to, you know, a lot of teams are going to look at and they're going to see if there's something they can copy from that down the road. And that may be the new evolution that the chiefs have to do. But I think there's a lot Pat learned from this season and I hope there's a lot the front office and coaching staff learned about what they need to continue to adjust if they want to go, you know, win another Super Bowl, or as Andy Reid talked about, get another one of those chocolate cakes. Um, so, you know, there's a there's a lot that the team has to work on, and there's a lot that we will get to discuss the entire offseason. Yeah, I mean, it, and look, I mean, it was stark today, right? Because Patrick Mahomes um, in the first half was about as good as you can possibly be. Um, he goes. 18 of 20 for 220 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He's got a 150 quarterback rating, almost perfect, literally. And then the second half in overtime, he goes eight of 18 for 55 yards with two picks, uh, which is uh, a 12.3 quarterback rating. So that's about as bad as you can be. Um, uh, it, yeah, it, it was a shocking, it was a shocking sight um, from that standpoint, but um, I think we always knew that Patrick Mahomes was human. Um, and, and again, I'll say if this is going to be a bad Patrick Mahomes year where they lose in overtime in the AFC championship game, playing at home after winning a division title and going 12 and five in the regular season, I still think the chiefs are in pretty good hands moving forward. Yeah. There's a lot of work to be done either way. You know me, Todd, I'm always looking for room, room for improvement. And myself personally, professionally, and, you know, and the football team that I observe. There you go. All right, I got nothing else. Yeah. So when we come back in our next podcast, Todd and I will kind of recap, uh, not, not today, but maybe, you know, sometime Friday through the weekend. Um, we will rehash what we saw from that game, what we saw in all 22. And then we will finally officially start talking team needs and what they need exactly. And then we'll start the offseason process of going from there. All right, I've got some need. I, they need some Diet Dr. Pepper in the press box. <laughs> All right, Todd, we will. Uh, Can we start we will, there? We will table back to that one in August when they actually have people in the press box again, Todd. Okay, I just want to plant the seed, get the seed, you know. You got to plant the seed. You got to water it. You got to take care of it. You got to tend to your garden if you're going to get it to grow. So. Yeah, the seeds feel- planted. Okay, sounds good. I'm just gonna leave. I'm just gonna let's grow the movement this off season, Nick. I'm gonna leave that one on the table there, and uh, we can uh, discuss that one later. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Take care, kids. <laughs> <laughs>